Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi guys, this week on Backchat we've got Natasha Rigby. Tash is the captain of the Perth Glory. She took over from Sam Kerr when she went on to bigger and better things. But Tash is a really great chat. She's um, incredibly strong on the mental side of the game and leading people. Um, I found that uh, really endearing about the chat with her. High energy. Um, she's on a consecutive game streak, uh, unmatched uh, in the National League here in uh, Australia. She's a uh, She's a defender, like a, a pure defender, and we absolutely love that on Backchat. Um, she has every every element that we love about backs all around. No worries what the sport is, soccer, football, anything like that. Just a really uh, good, fun chat. Uh, I'll learn a lot. I hope you do too. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Give us a rating and follow Backchat on YouTube to watch all of our episodes. Uh, enjoy Well, here we go. Welcome to Back Chat. I feel like we're out of practice a little bit. I haven't been in this seat for been a while. Like a, a month since we've had a guest. Very excited to have this guest with us, though. Tash be the captain of the Perth Glory. How are you, mate? I'm very good. How are you guys? Very good. Splendid. Now, this podcast is powered by Fleet Network, very good partners of ours. Uh, we speak a little bit about cars in this podcast, but we're not going to get there first. The first question we ask, it's the same with every guest. We ask your greatest sporting achievement not on the soccer field. We know you can play soccer, right? Or football. We're we going to call it football. We know you can play soccer, right? We know you're captain of Perth Glory. We know we, we know that, right? We're we going for, soccer pitch for right now. I'm going to say we don't care, but we do care. But we yeah. don't soccer pitch. Not Is it on, a pitch or a field. What do you prefer? Yeah, the field. Yeah, yeah. Okay. On the field. Not yeah. on the soccer field. Yep. <laughs> Dan's Dan's greatest sporting achievement. He took five for sixteen in under twelves match in cricket. Mm. Grand final. Yeah, I was I was the under nine state hurdling champion, eighty meter hurdles. Love that. Questionable whether or not the hurdles were actually hurdles. <laughs> we like knowing what people can do out of their chosen sport. So your greatest yes. sporting achievement, not on the soccer field. That's huge. Um, growing up, I loved athletics. Like I literally lived for faction day. That was my right. favorite <laughs> day. And like, I was the one that was like, everyone was like, oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Fact. I was in every single event trying my hardest. What color? Green. Ooh. All the way. What color were you? I was a red. I was yellow. Oh, huge. There you go. <laughs> yellow? 
What school did you go to that had yellow? Yeah, yeah yellow. Yellow's very, legit. Very Margaret Ruber had yellow. We very didn't critical have to Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, keep going, please. Uh, yeah, so I would say I just lived for faction days. I also, growing up in Margaret Ruber, did quite a bit of surfing when I was younger. I spent a lot of time at the beach. I wasn't very good, I was but say, I absolutely loved in, it. In the green room or just? Uh, just... In the green room. <laughs> Shuckers, <laughs> bro. I actually just caught up with Flick Palmatia. Down south, can for surf. The, yes, for the trophy <laughs> tour, and she obviously was a very good surfer. So we went two different pathways. So okay, you say like faction, but what what, what are we talking? Are you winning the eight hundred? You winning the one hundred? Champion girl, four, champion. yeah, champion girl. That Huge. was yeah. But I love the four hundred, which is weird because that's like the lactic acid race they say, and I absolutely loved it. So yeah, that was my favorite. Well done. Uh, so the champion girl, what are we talking about? Like year three. You two. Oh, yeah. You're six. All the way through, too. Right. So you're back uh, to back. Just yeah. But high school, <laughs> we went into school, loved into school. That was when we like went to Bunbury and got to play all the other schools and compete against the other schools. And we were like the only school that would run barefoot. <laughs> so, like we didn't have proper spikes or anything. Like we would literally just run with no <laughs> shoes. Like he comes to Margaret River kids. <laughs> so you grew up in Margaret River? I did, yes. What was your first car? Can you remember that? Did you have one down there or was it when yeah, you moved yeah, up yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the uh, the only other time that I ran out of fuel uh, was in my Ford Fiesta. So Tash was telling us as she sat down here, she <laughs> she was very close to running out of fuel on the way here. Are you, you're a red liner type. Yeah, I like to live. Go live below? Go below the line? So oh, no, it's flashing. It's, it's a red Ford Fiesta. What did you say? Ford, Ford Fiesta. Ford Fiesta, colour. It. it was blue, light blue. Crashed Baby it. blue. Yeah. Crashed, crashed I've crashed it. three cars. No. <laughs> that sounds like a rogue opera. No, I am such a bad driver. No fuel. Just <laughs> bad driver. So you've grown up in Margaret River. Um, what's what's family life? What's what's childhood like for you? You're an elite athlete now. Yep. How do you get to that? What's, what's growing up like? Growing up was amazing. And, like, I credit so much of, like, who I am to my childhood. Margaret River is such an amazing place. Like it's so beautiful, but it also has such an amazing community. And I think that taught me a lot about like connection and I've tried to carry that through in my character as well. So growing up I played soccer, but I didn't st- – soccer, football, I don't know, whatever you want to call soccer. it. We're soccer here. Are we soccer yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, of course we are. <laughs> um, I played soccer from the age of 10, which – in the football soccer world is quite a late age to start. And I started just because I had way too much energy and my mum was like, she needs to do something in the winter. And (laughs) that was like the closest sport. So we did that. And there was only an all boys team. So I joined an all boys team and absolutely fell in love with it. So yeah, since then, it's been a weird and crazy journey. I never, ever thought I would be captaining Glory. It's still so <laughs> wild to me every day and I'm so grateful for it. But, yeah, it's been a very long journey. Do you have siblings? I do. I have a younger brother. The, is he sporty? No, he's, like, creative. He's, like, he, incredibly creative. So mum and dad are librarian and a writer. Is that right? What? Is, is that right? How did you know that? Yes. I mean, this is our job. Very good. Weird though. Yeah, true. So <laughs> the internet's yes. a thing. Like, yes. You can find anything out on the internet. So, I mean, you should be, you know, you should be on the creative path, right? Well, my whole family are in like media and journalism. And it's so weird that I'm not. Like Reese, my brother, he just got his first full-time gig with Channel 9. And I'm so proud shout of him. But yeah, shout out. But yeah, I think... I don't know. I just fell in love with sport and that's where I ended up going. So you said 
uh, you've basically just thrown into a soccer team because you had too much energy growing up and you weren't surfing, so we needed to give you something else to do. <laughs> do you start loving it then, or are you just like, this is fun? I like being in a team. I like, and, and is it like, a, is it a girls' team? Is it a mixed team? Is it like? It was boys until, and like, this is huge because now that that has changed, there yeah. is an all girls' team down there now, but there was only boys at the time, and. I did fall in love with it and I credit this to my coach because he treated me no differently to any of the other boys and I think it really helped in my development and growth as a player because like the speed and the physicality of like playing with the boys from a young age kind of helped me develop like really quick and I had to keep up and it also made me quite resilient as well. So yeah, then I ended up being selected for state teams from the age of 15 to 17 and then... After that, I didn't even know Perth Glory existed because, like, I don't know, the pathway wasn't very clear when I was growing up either. And I just went to uni, started playing in the state league here, and then I was like, oh, my God, there's a professional team here. And I had no <laughs> idea. And I was going to the games, like, loving it. And then I got the opportunity to trial and somehow I got into the team. So yeah. Well, I think you're underselling your ability <laughs> and your talents. Like no. somehow I'm in the team. Yeah. Somehow I haven't missed Rock a game in about a thousand games. Somehow I'm the <laughs> yeah. captain. Like yeah. you're underselling what you've been able to do. But if you pull it back to that talent pathway, mm. I was gonna ask, like, how does the kid surfer from Margaret River who's playing soccer because she's got too much energy? Like, what's the actual pathway? Like what what what, what is the pathway for kids back mm. then? Has it changed? Is it different now? It hasn't changed much, to be honest. There is – so the pathway for me to get identified to be playing at a state level, I went to Country Week, which was incredible, like my favourite week of the year as a kid, like going up to Perth, playing, sleeping over with like all your mates and just playing against all different rural and remote communities across WA. And I didn't even know, but there they have talent scouts. And so I was scouted there and then I was – offered the opportunity to go to country camp and that's like all the best country kids go there and then from there I was identified to play in the state team and go and represent WA in the national tournaments. Do you have female sporting role models growing up or is it? Great and question. Great question. So I had no female footballing sporting role models yeah. because back then the visibility wasn't like it is today yeah. with all our amazing role models that we can see. But I did have Kathy Freeman oh. who I was like obsessed Gun. with and also Lane Beachley, like being in a surfing town. And I loved like Lane because she was so unapologetically like fierce and like in everything she did in such a male dominated sport as well. So yeah, those were my two and I was so incredibly motivated by both of them. But, yeah, no, not in the footballing world. A, a little bit off, like, topic, but Lane Beachley, have you, have you seen her speak recently about her struggles she went through from a mental perspective, being the best in the world? Again, as a kid, you wouldn't have known that, but mm. have you seen her speak? Yeah, like, I have. She's and incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And her vulnerability yep. Is amazing to me and I'm such a big fan of vulnerability. Shout out to Renee Brown. She's just like shaped my world. But yeah, she's someone that models that so amazingly and to see an insight into what was really going on behind the scenes is incredible. Does that uh, surprise you? Does that, are you like, well, yeah, that's pretty spot on, like top level, a lot of pressure, a lot of scrutiny. 100%. It doesn't surprise me. And I think like now as I've grown older and begun to – like understand myself more and how and why certain behaviours develop, I'm just like so much more empathetic and understanding towards what 
everyone's going like what everyone's having to deal with behind closed doors like mm. you never know and it's a big thing like on our training field we try and encourage like someone might be having a bad day and you but you never know what that person's been through that day that week whatever so you can't judge them on how they're behaving in that moment you know like mm. we try and be really understanding and empathetic in that way and that highlights that but how do you how do you so we're kind of going off topic here, but this is good. <laughs> How do you then, okay, you can be empathetic and understanding of what people have got going on, but mm. then you want to be the best and you want to win, mm. right? Yes. Do you, do you have trouble balancing those two things? Or is that something you think about? Mm. Like do you have that like real – so Lane Beachley, like using mm. that as an example, she was the best in the world mm. and she was ruthless, as you just said, but then she's balancing her mental struggles. Mm. So what about you? Well, I think like you need to look at an athlete from a holistic perspective and I think we're starting to see that more and more and putting more of an emphasis on well-being and not just the physical aspect of the athlete but like holistically in terms of their their mental well-being, their spiritual, cultural, what do they need to be the best they can be because that's going to mean that they're going to perform. So I think you're right, it's a it's a balancing act but if I think if you're providing the right environment whereby people feel safe and it's inclusive and they feel like they can be themselves you then lower the chance of then having people not performing because they're not happy um so yeah it's a bit of a balance in that regard so we go back to your journey um country camp uh talent scouts all of that you I've heard you say that you you, you pretty much came into this system late like you're at Perth Glory as a 22-year-old, which uh, you'd finish your degree at uni? Yes. Is that right? Yeah. So like that's that's not that's not normal. Not normal at all. No. And I think like I started playing late, so it was like only natural that I then got into this late. And it was it like I don't know anyone else who's followed the pathway that I followed. So I really like thank my lucky stars. But, yeah, I got in. I'd just graduated and the same year I was asked to trial and it was crazy. It was a whirlwind because I was trying to balance my professional career in like the degree that I just got. Which was what? Which was sports science, exercise and health. And then also just like a kind of embrace and like run with this opportunity with Glory. But I didn't know where it was going to take me. And so I was still very focused on pursuing my professional career and for six years I worked full-time and played full-time so that was intense didn't you play in like effectively a rep side that played against the glory and you beat them yes. isn't that how you got on the radar good research <laughs> isn't that how you got on the radar I just think it's hilarious yes. well it's not hilarious but it's like it's crazy get a bunch of girls together and play against the glory and they beat them yes <laughs> like, that's why I find funny no it's crazy well in I will say glory weren't didn't have their full squad they didn't have their nah, imports leave that out. they fact. didn't have that yeah exactly we'll leave that them. out we'll leave that out but yeah, I was so honoured to even be selected for the state squad. I didn't start on. I started on the bench and I got the opportunity to go on and I went on as a midfielder. I have no idea what I'm doing in midfield, <laughs> but I was like, get, I was like, let me on the pitch, just let me go. And then in the second half I was put into right back. Uh, I'm a defender, so a natural position and I played quite well. And, well, like I didn't know at the time, but I clearly did. And then we beat them, which was amazing. And then, yeah, like a week later I got a call from the assistant coach being like, we want you to trial. And I thought it was my mate prank calling me. Oh, wow. <laughs> like I literally was like, is this Jess? I was like, is this Jess? Is, and she was like, Tash. And I was like crying. Even <laughs> just be asked to trial was like such an honour for me. Um yeah, and then the trial itself was wild because that's when Sam Kerr was captaining the team. 
biggest player in the world at the moment, in my opinion. And so that, that was insane. Like stepping into the change room, trialing for two weeks, training five, six times a week, which I'd never done before. And then, yeah. Well, so, so what? Yeah. So, what point then did you think that you actually? I mean, you so, it's sort of like self-deprecating a bit, a bit with oh, your yeah. approach to it. But like, at some point, you had to think like, I could actually have a chance at making this. Like, because, or is that? It sounds like it was right up until that last sort of moment, right? That you thought that you're actually going to play. It really, no, it honestly was like the last moment. Bobby Despotowski, the coach at the time, legend, like legend, legend of Perth yeah. Glory, absolute legend. He is so fun, like an. such a funny man he pulled me aside and I this is how much I didn't think that I'd got in he was like he hadn't like he was getting around to it and I was like stopped it and I was like Bobby Bobby like it's so fine like I'm just so grateful for the opportunity that thank you so much anyway (laughs) like you're getting dropped yeah oh yeah I thought he was gonna be like thanks but no thanks and then he's like shut up you idiot you you got the contract (laughs) and I was like I was like Stop it, Bobby! And I was bawling my eyes out, and he's just like shaking his head. If you know him, he's just like, "Oh, I, I'm so grateful for that man." Well, I, I don't know him, and I, I can't remember hearing him speak. But if those are the same, is that a impersonation you've just rolled no, out? No, I don't know. Don't, don't tell him that. I hope he doesn't listen. I don't know if he called he's me an idiot or that's just me. Hey, he's actually here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, Bobby. This is your life. Surprise guest. <laughs> So you you get put onto the list effectively, and it's it's it almost sounds like just listening to you, like I don't know, it, like a kid. It sounds like an excited kid just to yes. be there, right? And like, I very much was, and I didn't think the first game rolled around, and I was like, oh, I'm never gonna play. Like I'm just in the squad, uh, <laughs> and then I got selected for the first t- game, and then I went on for ten minutes, and then the second game I didn't get selected, and then. The third game I played 30 and then the fourth game I played 90 and then I haven't missed a game since. Has not missed a game That's since crazy. fourth game. I thought it was since debut, so you actually dropped after that first game. I think, I, I think I'm just trying to remember because this is what happened. He told me I wasn't in the squad second game and then he rang me on the way to the game and said, go and get your boots. What do you mean? So I think I was a last-minute inclusion. What were you doing at the time he said, go and get your boots? I was on my way to the game. Right, and so you wouldn't – you're just, you're just in street clothes. He's like, like turn around – no, it was in my like, polo. Yeah, yeah, He's right. like, turn around, go get your boots. So I was <laughs> – I think I was in the squad. Maybe I did play. I don't know. I was, it, To be honest, I blacked out most of that. I was just like <laughs> trying to survive. But, yeah, I think – yeah, I've played almost every game since I started. It's crazy. It's all good. We're yeah. all touching wood. I'm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so sitting on a chair made of wood. So <laughs> – Okay, so at that time though, so what year is this? 20 mm. – oh, when did you date? Six, uh, 16. 16. Yeah. So at that time, Sam Kerr isn't the global superstar super she is now. She's in soccer realm maybe. She's a good player. She's a captain of Perth Glory. But where she is now, I would say that Australia's greatest athlete, yeah. man or woman. Love that, yes. So you walking into a locker room with her at the time, she would still be – you'd be starstruck a little bit, right? Yes. And this moment – sticks out to me so much. She, I played with her when I was playing state. I was training in and around her and I was at a camp with her. And back then I think everyone still knew, like everyone was like, no, she's going to be the next big thing. And I just remember her because she was like so cheeky and so fun. And she used to call me blue eyes. And this was when we were like 15. And then I walked into the change room and I was like, no way she'll remember me. Like I was literally a blip. 
and she saw me and she's like, blue eyes. And she like comes up to me, she like puts her arm around me, she introduces me to the team and I was like, that is leadership, right? Like mm. I felt like so seen and I felt like I was able to like be myself and flourish and like I was still so scared but I was like, oh, well, I know someone here as the captain and she's yeah, pretty like she's got my back. well known and she's got my back and that like shows to me that's like and such an important leadership trait to me like humility, like she – no ego, no, you know, like she just came up to me and just like welcomed me in and that, that just was such a big moment for me. That's cool. People would see the talent, right? People would see the goals, the bicycle mm. kicks, Chelsea, all, all that stuff, mm. but they they wouldn't have ever been in a locker room with her. So she's a leader in mm. that sense, right? Mm. And down to earth mm. and still is. I saw her like a couple of weeks ago. She's now a Lego minifigure. <laughs> of course, she's the only, she's the first Australian. There you go. Like first out of anyone to ever become a Lego Crazy. minifigure. And she walks in. I haven't seen her in like four or five years since Glory. And she's the exact same. Exact same. That's like, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah so, cool. Cool. so um, cool. Okay, so uh, your time there, um, like you said, you haven't missed a game. I'm going to stop saying that, okay? I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to stop saying that. Uh, you played in the losing grand final pretty early on, right? You played yeah, that game. Two sorry, losing grand finals. Sixteen and seventeen. So <laughs> sorry, but we're going to talk about it because yeah, that's, big, that's big moments. Yeah, grand big finals. Moments. Reflections on them. Yeah, I mean, amazing moments too. Like of my most like incredible experiences in terms of my sporting life, and yeah, I just remember. One of them, I was the sickest I've ever been. I had the flu. It was wow. so hard. Uh, but when I stepped on the field, it just went away. Yeah, but what's that What's that like leading into it, being yeah, sick? Yeah, mentally, like, draining. Mm -hmm. Like, because you're, I don't know, you want to be the best you can be, but then you're absolutely exhausted and training, like, in the lead up as well. But, yeah, so cool. Like, so cool to be a part. And I think, actually, what was so amazing I think for both of them, but one of them specifically, the semi was like the most epic semi, the, one of the best, like most incredible games I've ever been a part of. It was like went to extra time. We, I think Sam scored a hat trick. It was like insane. We played like crazy amount of minutes and then we had to play the granny and we were absolutely exhausted. We had to travel. Like, but like it had all led to that moment. I think the journey was what was so incredible as well. But yeah, no. It's surreal, hey. It's yeah. just like – and it comes back to like being present and being in the moment and trying to be where your feet are is one of my favourite sayings because it's just like all you have to focus it on is where you are and where your feet are in that moment and really like taking it in because, yeah, they don't come around very often. You're a defender. Yes. That's why you're on here actually. Yeah. You know, about the captaincy. Oh, amazing. Uh, we're big, big uh, back fans, back chat. You got it? So uh, – <laughs> Have you always been a defender? Yes. Oh, actually, no. I started as a winger and then I got promoted or relegated, whatever you want to say <laughs> to you. Yeah, promoted. Promoted, of course. I love defending though. Like I didn't realise how much I loved it yeah. until <laughs> I got moved there and I love make like making a tackle and I, I just, yeah, I love like the grit of it. And Holy yeah, shit. So I, this is good. <laughs> this is good shit. <laughs> so I played wing and then when I got moved, it was actually my coach for UWA who moved me back. And, yeah, I haven't looked back since and I love it. Do you, uh, correct. So you sound like a real defender. You are born for it, right? I mean, you are playing on the wing, but reality says you're always going back there. Oh, yeah. What, <laughs> what, so, what sort of – if you think about personalities in the team, um, 
saying we've got here at Backchat is forward sell memberships, right? So everyone yes. comes to the footy to go and watch them. Mids sign sponsorships. So that's the money bags, yep. right? They got, yep. you know, so true. got nice cars, spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. <laughs> and, well, forwards do too. <laughs> yeah, I would say forwards do. But backs <laughs> win premierships, right? Love that. <laughs> Love that. So does that ring true in soccer? They hold the fort. A hundred percent. No, that is it's almost It's almost perfection, right? Yeah, it's Everyone perfect. comes to watch the forwards, they kick the goals, yeah. the strikers. Yeah. Midfield running around on the big bucks going, look at me, how's, how good's this? Yeah. But the defenders are just getting it done. Yeah, 100%. That's it. What, so, what about like the dynamic between yes. the lines of like the backs, forwards and mids? Yeah, I mean, we don't have as many players on the field as AFL. So we do have to be like, we have to be like really connected. And it's funny because in MPL, like the state league that I play in at the moment, I have been playing a bit of wing. And I was just saying to someone the other day, I feel like I like can play with so much freedom, like and like be creative and try things <laughs> because like if I lose the ball up there, yeah, it's fine. I got my defender back behind me to look after it. You don't know. And I didn't realise the mentality. Like mentality-wise, I was like, I'm going on an adventure. Whereas when I'm at the back, (laughs) I'm literally just like, "Ah, just don't mess up. Um, But, yeah, it's funny. Like, And I I feel like, yeah, you do have such a different mentality. Like if you lose the ball Mm. in the back line or if you don't do your job, it more than likely is going to lead to something pretty serious. So, yeah, it's a bit different, isn't it? So I scored my own goal in the back line once. I used to play soccer. Falk had a soccer club. Stop it. Was that your Love last that. game? <laughs> I, played, I played on the right wing and then I, I went back and I um, the ball's coming across and I accidentally kicked it and it went straight like the Like top bin. Smashed it into the corner of the goals and I was reeled flat and the coach at halftime was like, uh, I don't want to hear anyone like, being negative, Dan, let's, let's get around him. And I'm like, it was a great goal, yeah, Dan. Then went back there. <laughs> the wrong then went back there again. <laughs> How old were you in this? Oh, uh, fifteen. Wow. Yeah. So start. You want to lead anywhere with that, or are you just happy with that? No, just yeah, I happy, love that. happy with memories. It's, it's just you know you go back there and things can happen. Like yeah. Detrimental things can happen. I'm trying to weave my way through our guest career while we sidetrack <laughs> <laughs> through. What else have I done? So, uh, so, yeah. I <laughs> so 16, 17 losing grand finals. Um, at some point, people realise Sam Kerr can play quite good football. She's taken away from the Perth glory effectively and the captaincy is vacated. You step in. What's that moment like? Oh, so scary. Like, is it? Incredibly exciting, but equal parts shit scared, <laughs> if I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, I'm just like, I like, and to be honest, I think majority of it was like, I'm not ready. And you never really feel ready. Well, how, how old were you? 20, I would have been 25, 26. So you've only been playing at the highest level in Australia for four years? And that's the Mm. thing. Like I was still finding my feet as a player. You always are. But I was like really big time trying to just like kind of figure out my role. And then, yeah, it was huge. But, yeah, I definitely felt really I was intimidated and I was scared and – I've grown so much since then and learned so much and it's been like such a big journey for me and the big thing for me was understanding my strengths, acknowledging my strengths and having self-awareness around my strengths and then being able to identify strengths in others and empower them to lead because no leader leads the same and it's not one it's not one person's job to lead it's the entire team if it's just like depends on the size of the role but 
making sure I was able to identify what players were good at and how they could lead because it's a collective, you know. What's what's the process of captain of taking on captaincy? Is it a like a team vote situation or at that time it was handed to me by like the coaching staff. Right. Yeah. So diving in deeper to that, what why did they make you captain? What are the reasons? No. <laughs> Come uh, no. on. No, okay. So you don't get to shrug your shoulders. <laughs> it's a podcast. No. <laughs> they can't hear you doing <laughs> you can't that. Talk about yourself. <laughs> yes, it's true. Uh so I think I was appointed because like I t- kind of touched on before, I really try, whether I knew it or not back then, I try quite hard to create an environment where people feel and players feel safe, seen and able to be themselves. And I like to be like warm and approachable and I love building people up. Like I love like, I don't know, encouraging and I have quite a positive mindset. So I think like those traits were like identified in me and then yeah that's maybe the reason why at that point in time I've seen some highlights of yours as a defender and you sitting here and full of energy and pleasant and nice I don't think you play that way what's <laughs> Tash Rigby like <laughs> as the player compared to Tash Rigby the person because I know it's different it's very different and I think as a defender I'm like oh what all the time the commentators are like, tough as nails. What? what are tough as nails. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, when you hear it, you're like, oh, my God. But, like, I do, like, I don't go down easy. I go into think, I go into tackles really hard and, like, I put my body on the line. And I think the other thing is, like, I try to always be the hardest worker out there. So in training or on the field, like, I try, I'll do anything to work my ass off for the team. Is it? Is it a – do you have to – really focused to get into that mode like is it something that you need to try to do or does it just happen when you walk across the line um I have too much energy as I touched on it's often bringing myself down because right. I have and I literally had a game last night and I was like over aroused as you would say <laughs> because I had a coffee before the game which was stupid. <laughs> I don't really need coffee but I was I get a bit too like like it's almost like nervous energy. Yeah. Like I get nervous still for every single game and sometimes they speak about like the you like bell curve of arousal and sometimes I think I'm a little bit too far the other way like and I need to like – You've peaked and then you're like almost over the edge and yeah. you're overstimulated and yeah. you're going to go above and beyond what you actually need to do. Correct, whereas sometimes I just need to take a breath, be present and be more mindful in my approach so that I can start the game like with a clear head as opposed to like – being overly emotional as well. It how do you, like, it how sounds, do you do that then? Yeah. It sounds like you've done quite a bit of work in the mindfulness space, yeah. just some of the language you're using. I love like I listened to and I'm now obsessed with Emma Murray. I don't know if you know her. Yep. She works with Richmond Football Club and some of her techniques are what I've modelled myself like and up over the last two years especially off and it also feeds into I'm Obsessed with Legacy, the book by James Kerr about the All Blacks and they speak about it a lot, having like a blue head versus a red head and Emma Murray touches on being in your A game as opposed to being in your B game and the big thing is having self-awareness around that. So like my A game to me looks like shoulders back, head up, talking, like clear mind, like I'm not, there's no negative self-talk. My B game to me is when I'm in my head, my shoulders are slumped, I'm quiet and it comes down to recognising because a lot of the time you can be in A game or B game 
but you don't have the self-awareness to be like, oh, my God, I'm in B game right now. I need to get myself out. So having a trigger, it can be like a physical trigger. Like I know Richie McCall in the All Blacks, he has like – he looks to the furthest point in the stadium or he like pinches his hand or something like that. And I like – I do like a – four tuck jumps sometimes to like that's like my reset so I know yep. like if I am not in my a game I can do that and the, the that like part of the game's behind me and it's fresh start this sort of stuff's mm. transferable from non-elite levels right like there'd be a lot of people listening that play sport you can transfer this 100% it's absolutely not like it can't it's amazing when you do it with like sport but it's life like and out of sport right yeah be in a meeting yeah you could be exactly driving a car with the hazard lights on (laughs) 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 can I be present can I be calm can I be focused am I in my B game (laughs) when you're doing public speaking I have a big I had a I used to love public speaking and then I had a moment where I had a bit of like a panic attack and anxiety attack on stage and since then I've had to do a lot of work to get back to a point where I'm able to feel comfortable speaking in public and that comes down to am I in my A, am I in my, am I in my B. Right. Yeah. Can you speak about what happened? with the? What, what did you just freak out and, and yeah. lose what you're talking about? I haven't actually spoken about this. Do you, if you don't want to. No, I want to. I want to. Um, I was living my life too fast, which I often do, and I'd said yes to too many things and I was on this panel and I didn't feel prepared but I was like I live by the fl- like seat of my pants quite yeah. a lot and I love like I'm usually pretty good on the spot and I think I'd just like bitten off too much and a question came up and my mind just went blank and I was speaking and then and that's never happened to me. I yeah. love talking. <laughs> <laughs> and also it came from like then a fear of like, judgment and that's where it like stemmed from and then I was like what's everyone thinking right now and you wouldn't have been able to tell like on Mm. stage I was like oh I just lost my train of thought and then like spoke about something else but to me inside like I had like a panic attack and I've never ever had a panic attack before and I'd never had anxiety and I I never understood what people spoke about when they were speaking about anxiety and then all of a sudden it had happened to me one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I've done a lot of work to get to a point now where, with a psychologist as well, to get to a point now where I still suffer from anxiety, but I have the tools to, like, regulate it. Right. Mm. Your um, partner's an elite athlete as well. Does she know when you're like a, B, a game, B game, sort of like and like rein you in a bit and say, hey, like you're 
you're you know in the wrong spot. Hundred percent. And like we, I just made her listen to Emma Murray, so she's like obsessed <laughs> as well now. So we're both like always talking about it. That's like our vocab at the moment. But yeah, we and Angie's. If you ever meet Anne, she's like the most incredible, calm, composed, down-to-earth human being. So this is Anne Stannett of the Mighty Frio Dockers, AFLW team. Very good player, Daniel, mm. and those listening along. So tell us about her. Also a defender. Correct. Let's go. go. Correct. <laughs> Which I, I'm going to be honest. Hey, look, leave me out of your relationship. But two elite athletes, two defenders – I don't know how that works, <laughs> honestly. I could not marry a defender, I can tell you that right now. We're dickheads. Oh, We're dickheads. True. It's very we? dangerous not though, so maybe right. she shouldn't be a defender. Right. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. Yeah, no, oh my <laughs> God. I'm a self-proclaimed dickhead. It's absolutely fine. So like, how's that dynamic work? Both, both elite athletes Look, again, I mean this in the nicest way. Being an athlete selfish. It, it is a selfish occupation. Okay. You put yourself first a lot. Um, and f- for me, like my, my partner, my wife, she she counteracts that mm-hmm. and, and I have to have that. You guys are both doing doing your thing. That must be difficult at stages. Yeah, it's, it is difficult but it also has amazing pros because you're with someone who can completely empathise with what you're going through and what you sacrifice. That's true. So it's amazing to have a partner that does understand that because there's a lot of people that, like all my mates that don't play elite sport, are like, well, why can't you come to the pub? And I'm like, I wish I could. (laughs) But Ange, like, is so good in, like, understanding, obviously because of lived experience. And it can be very hard. We used to be in season at the exact same time and that was – crazy because we would only see each other for like 15 minutes (laughs) in bed when we're going to sleep at night like because we're both and that was also when we were both working full-time both training full-time leave the house at six get home at 8 30 like you're just trying to survive weekends you're both playing exactly now we're opposite seasons which has its pros and cons as well uh because now we're in season pretty much the whole year. One of us, like, can't – we can't one have can fun to together. The, one can go to the pub, mean, the other can't. Yeah, well, yeah correct. <laughs> that's what I'm really saying. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking, like, someone's yeah. drinking while someone's <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we have two months of the year where we charge, that's it. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it's – Did you meet her at the Glory? Um, did you guys you – were, you were at the Perth Glory together, we weren't you? We were, and we – like, it's crazy because it was such a crazy – in, like environment in terms of the fact that I was in my first year hmm. and Angie's in her last, but Ange, uh, that was she was still very young then and she was um, training on and she just got a first like contract, but yeah we we didn't meet there we met at state level we played together for the same team Queens Park um, in the state league, yeah that's where we met but then yeah we didn't connect till later she on. was drafted to the Freo Dockers yes. that year basically yes exactly right yeah. And she's gone on strength to strength, like genuinely like back chat material as well, mate. We're talking Backman. Backman, <laughs> not Backman. But you know what? Backman. She's she's just fucking she's a gun, mate. She's a beast. She's a ra- yeah. ravages people out of the field. I remember speak I spoke to her on the sidelines one time. I was doing the Fox Footy coverage and they do the Sometimes I think they're pretty stupid. They put their headphones on on one of the players and you're talking to them about the game. Anyway, we're chatting away and literally uh, we're watching and, and I'm chatting to her and I'm I'm watching the play behind her and she's chatting away and I'm like, oh, no. 
it was a goal against Freo. She's turned around. She's like, right, got to go. Like, ripped the, ripped the headphones off. Like, charged back to the oh bed mid-interview. I was like, well, uh, I think Angie's back on the field. <laughs> that checks out so it's much. That sound about right. She's body on the line and you will die at this. They call her Smother Teresa. Oh, that is so good. Because... Oh that is the my best. God. That is the best nickname in in football. <laughs> smother. That because is so she good. She smothers every ball. I might. When I heard that, I don't know who. I'm going to say it was Laura Pugh that came up with that name. She's. So That's funny. incredible. But I was like, I that is actually. the best name ever. Oh <laughs> my god. Smother Teresa. <laughs> so good, eh? I can't so recover good. from that. That's the best <laughs> thing I've ever heard. <laughs> smother. Re- Holy shit. Okay. That's great. Quality. Quality. Right. Okay. So you're the captain of the. Perth Glory, it sounds like you've done a lot of work in the mental space as well. Um, how's your time been performance-wise as a captain? I think you were wooden spoon the first oh, year. Don't Sorry. Know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we've got to talk about it. So, yes. Failure, was, failure is a thing in sport. Yeah, and it was so hard because that was COVID. Yeah. Awesome. So, what a great year to be in. What a great <laughs> year. So here's the captaincy. Here's COVID. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So what ended up happening was we weren't even supposed to play in the A-League competition right. because State Daddy was like right. borders closed. <laughs> and so they were like, no, Perth isn't going to be – they were either, either going to say we're going to be located out of Sydney or you're not going to have a team. Were you kind of in the same sort of situation as the guys because the, the, the guys were doing like, – We ended up going into the hub the next – the following year. Right. Uh, but that year was obviously like when COVID had just started, everyone was just like freaking out. Yeah. So they were like, no, nah, you're not going to have a team. So all of our players, our senior players, went to play elsewhere. So uh, like our Kim Carroll, Tish, Letitia McKenna – like our big players went elsewhere. We didn't have. What do you mean elsewhere? Other, like teams. other the teams in, in the league. Right. Really? That were playing. Yeah, because Glory wasn't just going ahead. Thing. So what? They just ended their contracts or something? How, or they? How uh, did that even? A lot back then we were only on one year. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So then, yeah, it was, and then also we also get for imports as well, and that year obviously we couldn't. No one was coming in. We ended up getting some from New Zealand who were amazing. Uh, but it was just like we then, like two weeks before the season started, they were like Perth's in. <laughs> yeah. And everyone else had gone to other clubs. Yeah. So then we had a homegrown, te- like very, very local and very homegrown, young, inexperienced team. Culture, on the field. Culture-wise would have been good. Yes. Connection, good. Amazing Perf- because – get there. Correct. And amazing for those young players who may not have – yeah. Ever got an opportunity mm. at that time to have an opportunity on the big, like the biggest stage? Yeah. So it was so it would taught us a lot, and we were the closest group mm. you could ever imagine. Like culturally, you hit the nail on the head. We had like an incredible dynamic, but it was very hard. It was very hard. Brutal. Yeah. Like you, you're putting. It's probably like West Coast is right now, to be honest. Yeah. Even though there's no COVID and they're just yep. no good. shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about your so, okay, you come through that and you, you guys are starting to build now, right? Like yeah. you, performance-wise, you guys are getting – Correct. Improving pretty much every year. So the other thing is Alex had just come on board that year as well. So we had a brand new coach as well <clears throat> and he is amazing. Yeah. What a gift for him. Here yes. you go. Here's a t- and here you go. <laughs> yeah, it's his team. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> so he obviously – and it was his first opportunity as an A-League women's coach as well. So, and he has been incredible. And like, yeah, I think, what year is it now? I don't know, third or fourth year with him. And we have just gone from strength to strength. 
every year, which is good. So last year, last season, the season before, we finished equal fourth, didn't get to – there's only four that make finals for us and we missed out on finals from goal difference. Like that was real tough Mm. but also – to go uh, – that was when we, like, the season before had finished bottom. So it's, like, to go from there to there was, like, epic. And last season we finished fifth by one point again. Like, and we – but we we had very good results against the best teams in the league. So, like, Melbourne City, we beat them at home. It was amazing. Like, so we've had some really, like, groundbreaking results. And, like, he has an amazing plan and vision for moving forward. So this season's only going to be even better. How do you look at the league uh, as a whole from where you've come from, from your pathway? Like you said, not many people have done it your way. Um, the professionalism within the league, the fact that your partner plays AFLW, comparing what they're doing in the sport. Can, I know it's a big question, mm. but overall, like, how, how do you see the league, where it's positioned, where it can go? Yeah. That's such a good question and so valid. And I think like the biggest thing is when AFLW came in, that's when we saw progression. If like I came in, it came, it, AFLW came in my second year playing and the jump in that because AFLW were all of a sudden like, hey, this is the standard that we're bringing in and it's our first year. And they were losing players left, right and centre to footy. So – Soccer had to do something, and that was when the players, uh, the professional like players federation, they brought in the collective the collective bargaining agreement, the, our first one that actually stated like we had a minimum wage. So that was the first like document to hop, like give us like standards something. that needed to be held. Yeah, so that was brought in, and then from there there has been progression every single year. Like I said, I worked full time and played full time. So obviously, I, the like salary isn't like in nowhere near like the men or where it's at a point where we can not work. And like for me, I didn't work the last year was my first year not working full time. But that's only because I've been able to save <laughs> over right. the years. And I was like, this is a short window of my life that I'm going to be playing like full time professional sport. And I am in the financial position right now to be able to only work part-time. So you're on the executive of the PFA, the Correct. Players Federation? Yeah, yeah. So if you if you forecast forward, how far away are we from um, full-time professional players across every team? Every player is full-time, only soccer. And you can still, ask the same in the AFL yeah, as well, to be honest. Still quite a long way. Yeah. But hopefully the Women's World Cup mm. will – bring a lot there's so much momentum around women's football soccer across the world right now like looking at what Sammy's doing and looking at the women's soccer league in England they are like and the euros that got 90,000 people at one game like the appetite is there it's just like awareness promotion sponsorship opportunities for our local league here and hopefully what the women's world cup does is all the eyes in the world are going to be on australia and this incredible tournament so hopefully after this tournament they say i was um someone spoke to me the other day and they were saying like after every women's world cup there's an uptake of twenty five thousand girls playing after that because 
And that would be anywhere, not just – and now it's in Australia. Yeah. So th- mm. that's going to be huge. I, didn't I see you with the actual cup at some stage yes. recently? Yep. So we're doing a trophy tour around WA, which was so exciting. Got to go back home with it. Where well. were you? You're in Busso, weren't you? Busso, yeah. Shelter. Shelter. Shout out, Shelter. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Shelter. Back chat ale. I love them. So – We're going to have to – by the way, you're going to have to have a back chat ale. Uh, it's made for – hang on. One for the couch coaches, terrible tipsters, and backyard Brownlow medalists. This beer goes down easy to celebrate the wins and console the losses. Backchat Ale, the beer for during and after the game. It is made for defenders. Yeah, it's it's literally back. made for backs. Stop. I love it. At, at one point in time, it was called the Backman Ale. Yeah, correct. That's a But we wanted the girls to get involved too, so we took yeah. the men out of it. It's like Backchat Ale. Love yeah. that. So, okay, the World Cup tour. What are, you, what are you doing? You're not touching the trophy, are you? No, absolutely not. Bad luck. Bad juju. Don't do that. Yeah, so they're just touring it around. They came to Perth. They went to Kununurra, Broome and Busso, which is so cool just for the local communities to get an, uh, like the experience. I think they flew a lot of ex-Matildas, current players out to those regions as well to do uh, engagements with the local community, which is awesome too. What sort of exposure have you had to the Matildas? I think you're in some sort of representative squad. Mm, maybe. The eyebrows. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> yes, I did get the opportunity to try out uh, – Last year or the year before, uh, in a talent ID camp, which was awesome and an awesome experience because yeah, it was just like I think a week long training, uh, and they were just like getting an idea of like they they brought in a lot of local girls in the A League just to have a look at, which was awesome. But yeah, no, it's something that I aspire to. Yeah, mm. I was gonna ask, is that is that is that a, is that the goal? Is that the goal of everyone to play yeah, the Matildas? Absolutely. I mean, that's the the best of the best, and to be able to represent your country. Would be absolutely incredible, but yeah, it's not like you have to be an incredible player to do so. Well, it's ten players plus a goalkeeper. They're a player too, so. Are This is like the ultimate defender. Well, like you know, like the AFL doesn't have an Aussie team effectively. Like, they do the stuff against Ireland, but you, you, you girls have got an opportunity to represent your country, but it's ten people in yeah. the country. Yeah, that's exactly. selection. It's, it's difficult. Yeah, and then there's there's one right back. Yes. Maybe one on the bench, maybe. Yes. I de- yeah, a def- like two defenders on the bench maybe. Yeah. One maybe sometimes. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's hard to crack. It's going to be huge for soccer and football, football in Australia though, right? 100%. This World Cup. Yeah, it's going to be massive. And, like, to be able to have the best players in the world on our home soil and for young girls and boys to be exposed to that and see – these incredible players and athletes play. It's so inspiring. Do you think – I mean, Sam Kerr, like I just said before, I I, th- I think there's probably a couple of other people in line with her, but I think she's like the highest performing Australian athlete right now. Mm. Do you think we see enough of her locally and especially in Perth but in Australia? Do you think that's made enough of a deal? I, I don't if, you're gonna, if I'm asking myself the question. <laughs> like having someone like that, uh, for for women in this country, but for for, for girls in Perth, mm. I don't reckon there's enough attention or coverage, or I don't know what it is. It'd be but like having yeah. LeBron James games not being being played in the mm. states. Correct. You know, like what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I, it's been highlighted to me specifically heading into this World Cup. Like, I am the target market. Yes. And I wasn't. I don't think I was seeing enough promotion around the World Cup. Correct. Now maybe it's a bit better, but like now, what? It's like almost here. It's like two weeks away. Yeah. You're working with FIFA, right? Yeah. Your work. Denmark is in Perth right now. Yeah. Yeah. So like, 
no one would know that, it's which a, I think is poor. Yeah. Well, I just think like promotion, like, come on. Like we have, and I heard it's the biggest sporting event since the Sydney Olympics. Like yeah, that, that puts it in perspective. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like that is huge. Like why isn't this across every billboard in Perth? Like for since January, like, I don't know. Who's I, covering it? Who, who is the, who's the broadcast? Is it on Fox? Mm. Is it Foxtel? I assume. I assume. It's so, mean, a good question. Op- Optus. Yeah, but, but. Oh, like they're streaming. Right. That yeah, that's so it's got to be on, I don't know though. But see, that's that's the thing. Like this is, um, like like you said, like some of the games over in America and England that I've seen of women's soccer in Europe, drawing huge crowds. Mm. I don't think we fully get it here in Australia. No. We and we have the best player in the world. Correct. Correct. And, like, you're so right. She should be everywhere. Everywhere. And, like, I don't know why her games aren't being played. Like, you know, like Chelsea's games aren't regularly, like. Just for people, just to put it in perspective, I know this interview about you, but, but for Sam Kerr, she is the Lionel Messi of men's yeah, soccer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, yeah. A, that's who she is? Yeah. Like, yeah, she yeah. scores when she wants. And she scores right? when she wants. Correct. Yeah. She plays for Chelsea. She's is she the captain of Australia or not? She's not. I think so. So she's Austra- yeah. she she yeah she doesn't have I don't think anyway in this country the following like Lionel Messi does in Argentina. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it's also because like it comes down to and like women's sport in general like it's has so far to go in terms of like promotion awareness. This is just like so classic. Yesterday, I'm like working, talking to a guy and he's like, oh, you play for Perth Glory? Do they have a women's team? Mm. I was like, yes, <laughs> they do. That, that must they be frustrating, them. but you can understand it, right? Yes, I can understand it, but I'm like, why? Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense, <laughs> but you understand like yeah. like you can understand the sentiment of someone being like – Yes. Because the coverage is It's there. not there. No. Exactly. I do. I know. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it's just I think in general like we have so far to go. And I think – Australia has so many different codes competing. Like I understand that. But like you're saying, we have one of the biggest players in the world who's from Mm. our hometown. So like, come on, guys. So Channel 7 has 15 key matches free to air. The rest are on um, like Optus, like Optus Stream. I'll cop that. I mean, I'd like to see some more, but that's okay. Mm. Did you run a marathon? Half. I tried to run a marathon and then I tore my car off. Really? (sighs) Did you do that for charity? Yes. Is that what that's for? Yes. Uh, would it, I mean, it is a good effort. I wouldn't be able to run a half a marathon, but I actually did. You do it during the during the race? Uh, no, like, in my training just before. But the half, brutal. I actually loved. Okay, I am one of those strange, strange people say. that love running. Yeah. <laughs> I just, a little too. I like literally. <laughs> I know yuck. Ew. Ew. Ick. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't know. It's a nice release, and I just like. It's kind of like a form of meditation for me. But that's weird. People will hate that. They'll be like, <laughs> what the fuck, running? What do you mean, meditation? But it's I, in that half marathon, literally went into like flow state. I swear to God. I was like, listen to Beyonce for the entire one hour and whatever it was, minutes. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. I was like, what am I going to play? Like this got to be motivating. And then I was like, this is Beyonce on Spotify. Listen to the whole thing. Didn't Bonnie Hancock – wasn't Bonnie Hancock listening to – Taylor Swift. No, she was Taylor <coughs> Swift. Yeah. Interviewed Bonnie Hancock. She uh, kayaked around Australia. That's huge. Broke every world record, men or women, fastest days, fastest weeks, fastest time around Australia. No one's ever done it faster. And she, Fought off like, crocodile like, sharks, yeah, yeah. everything. It's like, it's <laughs> like, what are you – We're yeah. like, what are you listening to? Like, And she's like, yeah, Taylor Swift. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, she's like literally she like, the entire Spotify. Two hundred k's in, just powering through with like Taylor in oh her ears. It took it's her like a love story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. She was out there for eight and a half months, so she had a bit of time. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. I want to put a bit of a bow on on your sort of journey. Um, where are you at right now? What's the future look like? Um, where's it all? Where's it all at? For Tash Rigby. Uh Heading into next season, just signed again, which is good. Yeah. <laughs> so fifth year as captain, and then you're like an old duck in there now. I am <laughs> veteran, and Kim Carroll, icon of the game, legend, just retired last season. So, I mean, I don't want to be the oldest player, but I'm well, yeah, so yeah. that's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> oh, mate. it is, but yeah, uh, hopefully on track. To make my 100th game as well. Yes. Nice. Pull it back. Tell us about your first goal, mate, in your 90th oh, game. Yeah, what on earth? Can't believe I didn't ask you about this. <laughs> I blacked out. I don't remember. <laughs> I always said if I scored, I would twerk. Like I always said that. And then I clicked. I don't know. Course, I don't as, know. A cel- as a celebration. I don't know. As all great defenders then, yes, say, when I score, I twerk. Yes. And I was like, oh, it was so good. Like, Oh my gosh. And it was like, it was a very me goal, like not goal, but like it was a very me like play. Like I intercepted, which I love doing. Intercepted, <laughs> played Alana, Queen. She laid it off first time. And I scored first time, which was like wild. <laughs> and then I don't know. What'd you do? You didn't <laughs> I just <twerk>. was like <laughs> screaming. You should see the photos. Like it was insane. And my whole team was just like, it was just like this That's clump. so good. Ravaged. Just screaming. <laughs> screaming. Oh, it was so good. So if you score one, that's it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, hey, in Do you want to score more or are you ha- are you, is that your thing? Like just one goal? Well, so in the state league at the moment, I've scored five goals. Oof. Uh, from right back? No, I've been playing like right. wing, wing back. Mm. It's like almost hybrid role. Right. So I get to do both. Right. Careful now, you'll find yourself yeah. out of the back line and then you don't know no. what to no, do. No, 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 no. <laughs> Too far from home. So sorry, I just interrupted. So captain signed on again for another year. What about away from football? Dreams, aspirations? Yes, I don't know. I because I've stopped working for like full time in sport management, which I did and loved. I think I want to go into like the well being space. I'm so passionate about that. Yeah. I would love to take up a role after sport in that realm. And I don't know, like, I feel like I need to be in a role after, like, I'm setting myself up now, obviously, because, like, I'm at, I am in the later oh, stages of my career, I would say, my footballing career. Still got a little while, but, like, I want to think about what's next. And I definitely need to be in a role that's, like, somewhat, like, team-focused because I just love the community and the connection that comes from that and being around others and in that high-paced environment. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens. With um, When when you – sorry, just to backtrack a little bit. When you um, decide to go full-time um, with soccer, yeah. right, for that season, what sort of notices did you – sorry, what sort of changes did you notice happening before when you, were able, when you had to split your time? Like, did it sort of give you an insight to like, oh, man, this is how it should be? Like, yeah. I was the thing is like it's funny like I'm I was still working part time so for me I was training eight till twelve and then I was working like two two till five so I was pretty much still working eight hours a day but like that was not normal for me that was like much better and I smashed all my PBs so my I smashed my yo yo all my strength and mentally I was like I just had like a different clarity because I was then able to still 
like maintain a relationship with my social network, which in season, usually people are just like, we'll see Tash in six months. <laughs> like it's so, and I'm a very social person. I like lean on my friends and my family for support. And so it was very different when I, this season was still able to do that and still able to have like a healthy balance of everything in my life. So my overall, like my overall happiness and satisfaction was just like so good. And I scored mm. a goal, so it paid off, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so this is what happens. I <laughs> score. <laughs> School goals. Wow. I just listened to you speak. Never, never, never really you know, spoken to you or met you before. Mm-hmm. And, and I think got a lot of listeners here. If you're in the sporting space, I think you could probably do a lot worse than having Tash Rigby around. <laughs> you sound, yeah, I'm re- really impressed with just the outlook and, and mentality side as well. It's been cool, cool mm. chatting to you. Have you had fun? I've had so much fun, guys. Thank We're you. not done yet. So yeah. oh, it's just no, the first no. hour. You've heard, the second hour coming heard, up. Yeah, no, no. We're, you've heard enough from <laughs> Part two. Yeah, yeah, you've heard enough from Dan and I. We've got a little segment on here we like to call social media. I saw that. Yeah, wow, it's very good because it's not social, it's social. Uh, one of the great podcasting segments around where we just get other people to do the work for us and ask Love you questions. It. So are you happy for that? Yeah. Let's get to the people's questions. Travesty. Uh, when are you going to follow in the footsteps of your uh, friend and former teammate and switch codes to AFL and play for the West London Wildcats. What is going on This here? is Shiz. This is Shannon May, one of the greatest players I've ever played with. She was one of the most amazing midfielders and human beings ever. That's her – I think that was her partner that posted that. <laughs> they, Trav, they moved to London and they've started playing. Right. Which is insane because, like, it's England, it's football, it's soccer. Oh, they're playing footy over there. But they're playing oh. AFL and – Absolutely loving it, and she's chopping up like she's winning MVP for everything. So they're like, You got to go to footy. I like that a lot. Uh, Cooper Yates, double underscore, didn't I ask this? Uh, who will win the Women's World Cup? Let's so, say Australia is oh. a go- is no, 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 if you want to say Australia, no. they're not, not favourites. The Tillies, like, they're they, fourth, they're fourth favourite right now. I, they, oh, they, yep. they go, they 100% can win it. Like, I have full belief. I would say, like, there's a lot of the big teams with, like, players that, like, are out at the moment with a lot of injury. So, I mean, the Lionesses are amazing, England, and I, I would think, say... Like, the USA have a strong team. Yeah, USA, yeah. Brazil have a Brazil, strong yeah. Team. Yeah. The, I would say the big ones are USA, England, Germany are mm. always very good, and the Tillies. Right. So you think Matildas can win? hmm Okay. I like it. Uh, dollar underscore bills. <laughs> is there any? Uh, are there any young rising stars that you see reaching the same heights as Sam Kerr? It's mm, a great question. We have some incredible like local talent, and we have Hannah Lowry who plays for Glory, and she's just signed again. She is an amazing midfielder, and she is homegrown in oh, where is she? Coburn as well, and she Shout is out on Coburn. Yeah, go Coburn. She is on the like, so she's playing for the young Matildas or junior Matildas at the moment. She's on the radar. She is incredible. She is one to watch. Amazing human. So that name again, player, Hannah Lowry. All right, there we go. Heard it here first. Julian R eighty six. How do we keep regional girls engaged in the game where the sports largely male dominated? Mm, really good question. Very good question. I think creating spaces and opportunities for girls to play when it comes to you're not always going to be able to have an all-girls team, as I experienced, but ensuring that you have the right people in the right positions, so like female champions as well. And 
women who are going to lift you up and support you and men as well. And then infrastructure-wise, like even just having like girls' change rooms and like them being functioning because like a lot of the times like you come like and go play a game somewhere and like the change rooms won't even be open. So like wow. making sure like those little one percenters we're catering to and then when you do have girls playing in like mixed teams making sure that they do have like a safe environment to play in where they feel like they can be themselves swifty 41 uh there's a global stereotype that men's soccer is a bit soft how does that compare to women's if i'm honest it's very different if you watch a women's like soccer game no one goes down like it a lot no rolling around holding the ankle no it's like Why the opposite. That? Why? I don't know. Like it's something that we haven't like bought into. I mean like That's there's classy. there's game management like and like there's being smart. Like if you get if you get absolutely cleaned up, like obviously. The yes. ref's going to notice that anyway though. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so can you talk about game management? So like so game, mani- game management is like if you are up of like and it's the latest stages mm. of the game – walk to go and get the ball for a throw in take the ball to the corner protect you know like doing things where i don't know you're wasting time but smart in a smart yeah. way but then there's stuff in the 13th minute of the game and you get a tackle and you're rolling around on the ground that's not game management no yeah, and it will also yeah it's just like can break momentum mm. we'll just keep going have you yeah. always had male coaches going through soccer huge question i have had no no female coaches until like literally right now hmm. so my first female coach is my state league coach at the moment for MPL but prior to that never I've had an I've had assistant coaches and for tournaments I've had a female coach but not for thoughts on that speaks volumes in terms of like like not only I think now where when giving opportunities and upskilling women to step into these roles but it comes back to visibility and role models doesn't always have to be elite athletes right like Mm. if you're aspiring aspiring to be the best coach in the world and all you can see are males it's hard to like be what you can't see you know because you need the quality there too right yeah exactly you can't just have women coaching women because they're women correct exactly the quality exactly but then they need to be given the opportunity Mm. to to follow that pathway and to see it as a viable pathway. That's a good point. Yeah. Hmm, it's interesting. Um, finish with this one's uh, fin- usually the finisher for us from the Eggman. Uh, how do you like your eggs cooked? I love that question. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because someone asked me the other day if I was an egg, a type of egg, what type of egg I would be. <laughs> what was the answer? And I'll be oh. scrambled, of course. <laughs> like, can you imagine what a poached egg, a poached egg has a very clean room, yeah. never lets their fuel get low. Yeah. I'm 100% scrambled and I eat scrambled every day of the week. <laughs> every day of the week? No, not every day of the week. Sorry. No. Oh, like, yeah, sure. If I choose an sorry, egg, sorry, it's sorry. Gonna, I'm going to eat scrambled. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, okay. I've been like, I've been known to, you know, waver and, and like, so I'm happy having like sunny side up. I've, just, just as a side thing, I've heard Will say, you could put a dead rat in front of me, I'd eat it. Like, so <laughs> this man will eat anything. He's a hungry boy. <laughs> no, it's not even, a, no, no, it's not that. I'm, I have zero care for what like I eat. No, see that? I cannot. No, like literally you could what put is like wrong with you? dead rat. <laughs> but if we're doing drinks. Okay. Um, you, you, I could just have a smorgasbord, a nice juice, soft drink, have a shelter. beer there, like a little shelter, <laughs> maybe a whiskey, coffee. Like you could light up ten of them in front of me, and I'm like an aficionado. Huge. Food, just put it down, whatever it looks. That's so, but, wild. But the point talking about that <laughs> is, I'm, I'm big time scrambled at the moment because someone said to one of these questions was I'm scrambled because you get more volume. 
and mm, it's true. Interesting. Just think about a poached egg. It comes out like this. Yeah. Scrambled is like filling your plate. Yeah. Like you couldn't be getting more. I feel like yes. there's like 10 eggs in scrambled eggs. Yeah. And it's yeah. fun. You do one scrambled <laughs> egg. It's, small. it's like, it's fun to eat. It's like, yeah. It's Talking about fun. You've it's been fun. <laughs> We need it's to wrap this up. Uh, we've lost the plot here. Um, a very big thank you to you, it's Tash. Fun. Thank you. We are done. Um, a huge thank you to you, our listeners. You can find us over at socials, backchat, double underscore. Send us an email, hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. You can find it all over there, backchatpodcast.com.au. Our big thanks to our sponsors, our partners in Fleet Network, Swimply, Whippersnapper Whiskey, Shelter Brewing Co., uh, Blue Bet, Leadable Cameras, Margaret River Roasting Co., I think I've done them all. Yeah. VIP Shout codes for our patrons, for all those guys. A big thank you to Perth Glory. Mm. Uh, bloody good luck um, in life and in your season. And um, <laughs> I'm wrapping this up because bye bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>